You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 116. Your blog post is the bread and butter of your food blog. It's what readers are searching for, and it's the type of page that will get the most traffic. But in a very crowded sea of Google search results, how can you make sure your blog post stands out when someone visits for the first or even the 10th time? In today's episode, I'm sharing five ways you can make your blog post stand out to hopefully leave an impression with your new or even your loyal readers. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in today. Now, we have covered a lot of the major pages of most food blogs on the podcast, but I realized that we really only skimmed the surface of talking about your single blog post or your individual blog post, whatever you wanna call it, and I really am excited to dive into this topic a little bit more. Now, if you are brand new to the podcast, I'm so glad that you are checking out this episode, and I hope that you will walk away with some really tangible steps. I don't like to have a lot of fluff in these episodes, and I really like for you guys to be able to walk away with a clear action step of what to do after listening. Now, if you are brand new, I always love to do just a quick introduction just in case you are not familiar with what this podcast is or who I am. So my name is Madison Wetherill, and I am the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we specialize in creating custom websites and brands for food bloggers who are really looking to take their business to the next level. They are looking to have a website that is professional, it is beautiful, and it is site speed friendly. We do not like to sacrifice site speed, functionality, or design, and I truly believe that you can have all of those things wrapped up into a beautiful package for your food blog. So like I said, if you are checking out this podcast for the first time, thank you so much for being here. If you are ever interested in learning more about how we work with clients, you can always head over to Grace and vinestudios.com. Click on the services tab to learn more about the different packages that we have, our timelines, and all of that good stuff. Now, just a note that we are currently redesigning our website. So over the next few weeks to a month, I am hoping I'm crossing my fingers here as I say this, we will hopefully be getting a completely new look with everything being so much better for you guys to be able to find what you're looking for on the site. It is so fun to go through this process after going through this process with so many clients. And so I'm really, really excited for that. So if you go to the website and you can't quite find what you're looking for, make sure you go back and a few weeks when everything will be that much better. Now, when I sat down to start recording this episode, all I could think was just, wow, it feels like it has been a really long time since I have really sat down and recorded a podcast episode. And in this case, it really has been a really long time. Now, just to give you some background information on kind of what's going on with our family and just some of the reasons that you might find me a little bit MIA these days is we recently just moved into a new house and the last time I tried to record a podcast episode could barely even find my microphone. Finally starting to feel a little bit more settled in our house. It's still 
doesn't quite feel settled because we just seem to be hitting one hiccup after another. But slowly but surely, things are starting to feel normal. We are starting to be able to hang pictures on the walls and know where things are. And it's just those last few boxes that you can't quite figure out where to put the items that are in those boxes that we have left. So that is feeling really good. Now, if you missed the announcement, if you're not on my email list or you don't follow me on Instagram, you may have missed that we are expecting our third baby in August and we're really excited about that. But that means that there is a lot that has to happen both within our personal life, but also within the business to prepare for maternity leave. So I just wanted to cover really fast what that's gonna look like for any of you who have been thinking about working with us and just to help you be able to hopefully make a good decision about the best timeline for you. I know that it is always super frustrating when you have kind of an ideal timeline in mind for something and then it doesn't work out that way. And so I just want to put it out there kind of what we are doing in terms of our major client projects moving through the summer and through the end of the year. So our team will be taking a break from our major client projects during the months of July through October. And then after that, we will be slowly getting back to our regular client load. So what that means for you is that if you have been considering any of our three packages, designer for a day, our branding intensive, or a full website redesign sometime this year, then I would highly recommend reaching out sooner rather than later. Our openings for those things are going to fill up quickly because there aren't a lot of them to go around for the rest of this year. So I just wanna put that out there for anyone who has been considering reaching out, but maybe just hasn't gotten to it yet. Highly recommend that you reach out, schedule a call so we can chat through what it looks like and we can figure out what the best timeline is for you. We do have ways of dealing with, you know, launching a new site in quarter four, and we can talk about that if that is on your radar. But regardless, if it is on your radar to redesign and to work with us this year, then please reach out so we can figure out the best solution for you. Okay, I promise that is about the most housekeeping slash introduction stuff that I will do in an episode. There was just a lot to cover because it has been quite a while. So we're gonna jump into this topic about your blog posts and how to make your content in your blog posts stand out and hopefully be able to stick out to people who are browsing lots of recipes, browsing lots of blogs, and hopefully make an impression. So like I said, we've talked about a lot of other pages on food blogs before. We've talked about your homepage. We've talked about recipe index pages. We've talked about how to optimize your categories and talking about the actual single post like we like to refer to it with our clients is something we haven't gone too deep into because a lot of the time what we're talking about when we talk about your blog post is the content itself. And so what we're going to talk about today is a little bit more design focused and will hopefully leave you with some really actionable steps that you can take and implement into your food blog. So as I mentioned in the introduction, this page this blog post page or template is really arguably the most important page that you have on your food blog. Not only because this is what readers are coming for, but it is also the page that you have the most of. You only have one recipe index, one homepage, but when it comes to a blog post, you have hundreds if not thousands of blog posts that are at least going to have the same general template and styling to them. So this makes up a huge portion of the various website pages that you have. But probably more importantly than how many of these you have, this page is really what helps readers to decide whether or not they're going to jump back to their Google search or they're gonna stick around. And so this page is 
super important to master and to really think intentionally about. Because again, a lot of this page has to do with the actual content that you have on it. And that is going to vary from blog post to blog post. But some of these things we're gonna talk about are things that you can implement into more of this idea of a template and thinking about how each of your blog posts can have sort of a uniform look and a uniform style to them so that it helps readers to understand how it works on your site because every site is completely different. So let's jump into the first way that you can really make your blog post stand out. If you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you may guess what I'm going to say first, and that is to utilize styled Gutenberg blocks. If you do nothing else that I talk about in this episode, I really would encourage you to start doing this right away or to start figuring out how you can use Gutenberg blocks. These are really designed, the whole intention, I think, behind these blocks is really to help your content stand out. It's to help separate certain areas of content from the rest of the, you know, just regular paragraphs that you have in your blog post. It's to give you design flexibility. That's why Gutenberg blocks kind of exist is to give you that design flexibility to help content stand out. So like I said, if this is the only thing that you take away from this episode, then I hope that it is worth it to either figure out what ways can you start utilizing these Gutenberg blocks or If you don't know anything about these and you haven't started using them or you've kind of been dragging your feet on it, then maybe it's time to invest in figuring out how to use them. And I do have a course all about that. We'll make sure that the links are in the show notes for that. But the course is called Simplify with Gutenberg. And I basically teach you how to use these Gutenberg blocks and how to make them a regular part of your blog post process. So essentially you're going to be able to use these blocks for any regular repeating sections of information that you share in your posts. Maybe it's not every single blog post, but a majority of them might have these repeating sections, something like a substitution section or why we love this recipe or even recommendations for other recipes to try. You can start using Gutenberg blocks to design these sections in a way that helps them to stand out against your regular paragraph of text that maybe has other information that you want people to skip over. Obviously you can't have your entire blog post all be something that has like a colored background or is a bigger size font, or it would all just look the exact same again. So this is really to be intentional about what areas of the blog post you really want someone to pay attention to. And something I talk about in the course is that our readers are trained to, it's completely subconscious, but they're trained to find the things that look different in our blog post because they're looking for their recipe card. And so when you're able to utilize some styling, some, it can even be super basic, just a background color behind some text. It's going to help catch the reader's eyes as they're scrolling or as their jump to recipe button is scrolling for them so that they are a little bit curious about what was that section that I saw that had a yellow background. I'm going to go back up and I'm going to read it. Now, the other part about using these blocks is that you can start to train your readers to find these blocks in your content because you use them regularly and you talk about them regularly. Now, one of our clients does this really, really well. She talks about on her Instagram stories a lot how people can find her substitutions block. And she always refers to it by the way that it's styled, which is a green substitutions block. So she talks about that a lot so that her readers know to look for that section if they need to know more information about how to substitute different ingredients for her recipe. So using these blocks and helping to create that reminder for yourself to showcase this content in a way that helps it stand out is gonna help save you time, but it's also gonna help your readers. Okay, the second way that you can help your blog post content stand out is to consider using a recipe at a glance section. 
So this is really a section that is going to help your readers know what to expect from your recipe. This is also going to hopefully help them take a breath before they go ahead and use your jump to recipe button. And because it's going to help prepare them for what the recipe has and if it's a good fit for them. Now this can be as simple as just including information in the introduction paragraph of your blog post, but there is also a lot of ways that you can do this from a design perspective. So for a lot of our clients, we end up designing a special recipe at a glance or a special call out section at the beginning of their blog post to really showcase that information that someone would need to know quote, at a glance, like the total amount of time that a recipe takes, maybe specific ingredients that are important to note, or even a skill level of a recipe, depending on that particular client and what their niche is and what information is important to their reader. Now, if you're using the WP Recipe Maker plugin, they actually have a really great built-in feature that you can utilize for this. But even if you use a different recipe card, you can still utilize that introduction paragraph to make sure that you're including the pertinent information that someone needs to know to figure out whether this recipe is good for them. Because again, the whole point of the jump to recipe button is really for somebody to get to the recipe quickly to see whether or not it's a recipe that they can or want to make. So if you can include a little bit of that information in that first paragraph to help them understand whether it is a gluten-free recipe or a 30-minute meal, or you know it takes five hours because there's resting time, whatever information you can share in a natural way in that introduction paragraph is really gonna help them to make a decision about whether to continue on with your blog post or not. The third way that you can help your content stand out is to make sure that your recipe card is designed in a way that helps it to stand out from your content. So I briefly mentioned this earlier that our readers are subconsciously trained to look for the thing that stands out. And that is because for a lot of food blogs, the recipe card does stand out from just the regular paragraph text that is probably a white background with black text. So this is another one of those areas where I would say if your recipe card is blending into the rest of your content right now, this is a must. It should go to the top of your to-do list to figure this out. The primary recipe card plugins that we use and recommend and are kind of the top ones that food bloggers use make this really, really easy to do just right in the settings of the plugin. So you don't even need to hire somebody else to help you with this. This should be something you can natively figure out right in the settings of the plugin itself. But basically we wanna make sure that your recipe card looks different than the rest of that content so that readers know that they have found it. Because not every user is going to utilize that jump to recipe button, but even if they are using it, they may scroll back through your content and scroll back down trying to find the recipe card again. And we wanna make sure that it's really easy for them to find the recipe card because that is the ultimate place that they want to go to make sure that they can make the recipe and have all the information for the ingredients and the instructions. So make sure that your recipe card has at least a different background color or a border or some other way to signify that it is the recipe card and the reader will know that they are in the right place. So these last two ways to make your blog post stand out are a little bit different and kind of require a little bit of thought to go into them. So number four is to give your readers a really clear call to action. Now, before I explain this one a little bit more, I want to just kind of set the stage to help understand why this is important. When people go to any food blog, maybe not any, but a lot of food blogs, they are completely inundated with things to do. There are multiple pop-ups, there's multiple ads running, there are multiple 
calls to action where people are wanting them to subscribe to their email list and follow them on Instagram and join their Facebook group and all of these different things to do. And all the reader really wants to do is just make the recipe. So when I say we want to give our readers a clear call to action, I want us to really be thinking strategically about what the thing is that you want them to do. Now, I know that there are at least five things that you probably want your reader to do. And those examples that I just gave of subscribing and following on Instagram and joining your Facebook group, these are not bad things to want our readers to do. The problem is when we want them to do them all, they're not going to do anything at all. If you give them multiple calls to action, they're likely going to do nothing at all. And the problem here is that as a food blogger, every single link that you have in a blog post or on a sidebar or in your navigation, every single pop-up, every ad feels like a call to action in your reader's brain. And so your reader's brain is really trying to figure out what they need to do to take action if they're gonna take action at all. So again, I really want you to think about what do you really want your readers to do? If there was just one thing that they could do after they make your recipe or after they even get to your recipe card, what is it that you want them to do? Do you want them to subscribe to your email list? Do you want them to view your recipe index for more recipes? Do you want them to leave a comment and a rating? Really think about what that priority is for you so that you can be intentional about making it a lot easier to highlight that next step for your readers so that they are a lot more likely to take action. The reason that this is gonna make your blog post stand out amongst the others that maybe people will see in the search results or even just as they're browsing different food blogs in general is they're not going to feel this sense of panic as they have 10 different things happening on the site at once and they're gonna be able to make a clear decision of what to do. Okay, the last way to make your blog post stand out is along a similar line, and that is to use your pop-ups and your sign-up forms strategically. So the first thing to note here is that if you are using a pop-up, make sure that this pop-up is delayed. You don't want this to be popping up the first second that somebody lands on your site. First of all, you wanna give your site time to load before a pop-up is loading, because there is a lot of content that needs to load on your site and when you have a pop-up popping up first that is going to take priority in terms of your page loading and that can be a huge issue for site speed but it also is just a really poor user experience for someone to have a pop-up jumping in their face before they have even really been able to figure out what page they even landed on the second tip here is to make sure that the signup form you are showing is relevant to the blog post itself so for example please do not have a smoothie freebie or a smoothie ebook that is popping up on a grilling post. It just doesn't make sense to the reader and it's going to be something that they really easily just click out of because it doesn't make sense to them when they search for grilling and they came up with a smoothie ebook. But the more relevant and in line you can make this freebie, to the actual blog post itself, the more likely that someone is going to subscribe. And that's why we always talk about this with our clients when we are coming up with a really good freebie option for their website redesign. And that is trying to figure out something that easily captures what your brand is all about, what you can really help your readers with, but also makes sense in the context of the majority of your blog post content because you probably have a lot of different categories and types of content on your site and it isn't realistic to think that you should have a freebie for each of those things. But where this really gets 
intentional is making sure that you do have freebies that are in alignment with the blog posts that you have. And in that grilling example, I would have much rather seen, because this is an example I actually saw on a fairly popular website, I would have much rather seen something that was more generic than the smoothie recipe ebook, something that would have been like the best healthy dinners or even not seeing a pop-up at all, I feel like would have been a better decision for that particular blogger because showing me a smoothie ebook just immediately, I just clicked out of it because it didn't make sense for what I was searching for. So if you can keep this relevant to the topic and you can keep it something that is not as intrusive as being right in your face in the first second, you're gonna be much more likely to get people who are ready to subscribe. And then the third tip for this with just pop-ups and sign-up forms is if you are not utilizing an actual pop-up and you have more of like an inline form in your post, make sure that this is in a good spot for readers to see it when they're close to your recipe card. You can also put this in a couple of places on your blog post depending on the platform that you use and if they allow that. But this is a really great opportunity to use that recipe card real estate because that's where people are most interested in going to. So whatever that main call to action is that you want people to do, put that as close to your recipe card as you can where people are going to actually see it and hopefully do the thing that you want them to do. Okay, friend, I hope that in this episode, you have at least one takeaway of something that you're going to do and start implementing to help your blog posts stand out. I do not think this will be the last episode that I will do like this, but I really wanted to focus on some things that I felt like were kind of heavy hitters and would make a big difference if you implement some of these things and also things that would be achievable on your own. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. As always, I love to hear from you guys and love to hear when you guys do like these episodes. And so if that is you, please reach out and let me know that this episode was helpful for you. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, if you are considering redesigning or rebranding your food blog this year, I would love to chat with you. Please reach out over at graceandvinestudios.com. Again, you can click on the services tab to find out what our different offers are. You can also go straight to graceandvinestudios.com slash book to schedule a free call where we'll just chat through what you are looking for, what our process is like, and make sure that we're a good fit to work together and then hopefully get you scheduled so that you can get your food blog redesigned this year. Thanks so much for listening this week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.